All right. Um, I have guest number six here with me, uh, Greg. Welcome to Go With The Flow, Greg. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Of course. Uh, so, Greg, the way I start all of these is trying to describe how we met, but I... Do you remember how we met? Because I don't even remember how we met. I just know we've been friends since freshman fall, but I don't even remember exactly how how it all started. I know it happens through a mutual friend, right? Like, I know I knew Tucson and Andrew first, sure. and I think they knew you. Okay. And at one point, you know, we all started gathering together, fraternizing, and it just kind of... <laughs> You know, you got enveloped in, and now we homies. Word, true. Oh, yeah, because you guys were all in Forbes, and I was just Word. making track all the way up from Rocky to Forbes. But <laughs> that's what's up. All right, so real quick, could you just um, tell tell us where you're from? Tell us some of the things that you're involved in on campus? Yeah, so I'm from uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, so sometimes, you know, my country accent comes out a little bit. But, yeah, a little uh, bit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, on campus... Um, I'm on the board for PBMA. Well, now I'm on the undergraduate advisory board, so I'm not in my official role anymore. And uh, I run track, so I'm the track team here. That takes up most of my time, so that's about all I got. Gotcha. And what events do you do? I'm a sprinter, so I run the 60 indoor and then the 100 and 200. Okay. And I don't know if you knew this, but I was actually a track star myself back in middle school. Okay. You know, I, I never lost a, a high jump. I only lost two high jump meets, and I still remember both guys' names. And I did <laughs> hurdles. And at that point, the hurdles were probably around, like, knee length. And I was just doing my thing. And then it moved up to high school, and, like, our high school track team was very serious. And the, the hurdles moved up to about waist length. And at that point, I was like, I'm going to check out and go out on top. So this is a nice little podcast of two track stars. <laughs> Word. I mean, hey, hurdle star, man. Hurdles still intimidate me because, like, I don't know. I don't know how those dudes do it. You're sprinting. They put a wall in your way. You got to jump over the wall and keep sprinting. Nah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> just keep my feet on the ground. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. But okay, taking it back to actually the first week of, not even the first, the first weeks before school, on the first episode with Jelani, I mentioned how we had a friend who was in, in uh, who had tested positive and was in mm-hmm. quarantine. Mm-hmm. And here you are. You yeah, are. You are. You are. You are that friend. Oh, uh, so could you just like describe first of all, you coming from like? Do you know when you got it? Um, so describe getting here, testing positive, and what that whole process is like. Like where they put you, how you get fed, how you interact with anyone. Could you mm-hmm. just walk through that whole that whole process? All right. So back from the beginning, I was back home. Um, Texas obviously isn't doing super great in the pandemic, and definitely weren't at the time. Uh, and so I'm pretty sure someone in my training group, because uh, I was still at home training for track, uh, someone in my training group, I'm pretty sure, gave it to me. But I had no idea. Um, I get to campus, you know, I do my tests, move in, all that stuff, uh, feeling a little jet lagged. And then I um, went to sleep, woke up the next morning, and I was a little congested. I was like, man, that's crazy. It's almost like I have COVID or something. <laughs> and then I got like an email from him like an hour later saying, hey, you got COVID. Pack your stuff. We're moving you in isolation housing. Damn. So um, I get a call from uh, one of the people at the at Mikosh. And they're like, hey, take like everything you need or whatever. Take your time. But uh, you need to go move over to 1967 in Butler. So um, problem for me, though, is most of my stuff I didn't have with me. Mm-hmm. Um, coming from Texas, I actually packed pretty light, and I shipped a lot of my stuff up here, and I couldn't go get mail because I just tested positive for COVID. Yep. <laughs> so, me, my suitcase that I did pack adequately to last for a week because, like, just in case, I know, I'm always paranoid about that kind of thing, which was a good thing this time. Moved over there, and uh, my kind of isolation stint began. Uh, the way they had it set up, right? is for meals um you would go down to the end of the hall to the stairway okay. and they would have um on these little racks they would set like your meals at the different meal times kind of the same thing as arrival quarantine for y'all except we couldn't go out and get it they'd bring it closer to us uh the room had a fridge and a microwave in it because like the food wouldn't be super hot when you by the time you get it so uh you'd do that for yourself and Honestly, it was just a whole lot of eating dry chicken. <laughs> I mean, we're still doing. Actually, no, the food's got a little, little bit better. It's got a little, it's got a little bit better, but like that first, that first week, I'm not gonna lie, it was really tough. Um, it just, there, I mean, there wasn't anything to do. Um, I didn't have a lot of my stuff. I had just basically my laptop, my phone, and an empty room. Uh, so stop myself going for crazy, doing push-ups, and all this stuff. <laughs> stuff they told me not to do because I had COVID. So. Yeah. I was doing it anyways, looking longingly out my windows and stuff. And uh, 
I got through most of it, you know, uh, towards the end of it. It was about two days before I got out uh, in the 10 days. It was actually my birthday. Yeah, very unfortunate. And that, <laughs> that was a tough scene, you know what I'm saying? It's definitely not the 21st birthday I probably imagined a year ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, sitting kind of alone in a room, eating dry chicken, uh, enjoying a Hershey's bar as my like, kind of celebration. Celebration. <laughs> um, but all in all, uh, I mean, I guess... Coming out on the other side of it, um, my big takeaways were, one, being by yourself for 10 days is really, really boring. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> really, really boring. But two, um, because I actually tested positive, I'm actually exempt from the asymptomatic testing protocol for the time being. Hey, man. <laughs> that seems like a positive. Yeah, the positive. So, uh, I mean, while I hear all my friends complaining about having to do those tests. Jay Lonnie. Jay Lonnie saying he can't make the 10 a.m. Can't make, test. Can't make the 10 test. I get to just kind of do my thing. I just got to do my daily symptom checks. And besides that, I'm chilling till like, late April. I mean, so, yeah, that's like a little glass half full perspective, yeah. a little a little silver lining of all that. But it's funny that you mentioned how your 21st birthday was also spent in isolation. My 21st birthday, October 5th, that was last semester, and it was on a Monday, and it was the start of midterms week, and then in the middle of a pandemic. So just also, mm-hmm. you know, not the way that I imagine. Yeah, when, yeah, when you're yeah, a young yeah, kid yeah. and you're looking forward to 21, you're going to be legal, you can go drink and go yeah. to the bars. Definitely not the way that I would have thought I would be spending my 21st birthday. But it's interesting now though, because I, we got sent home, I think maybe like a week or two. We're, we're recording this on, what day is it? March 5th. We got sent home probably like March 13th. So it's crazy to think that by next week, everyone's going to have had one birthday and some people are going to have to start to have two birthdays in this whole pandemic situation, right. which we would have never expected when well, we all thought we were going to be back after spring break <laughs> last <laughs> last march <laughs> but um so kind of still stayed on the on the on the topic of covid for a little bit um so we have a group chat together us and a few of our other friends probably one of my most active group chats we argue about <laughs> all different sorts of things we talk oh, yeah. about everything across the range of topics and so the other day um it came out that texas uh greg abbott is that the name of your Governor, governor, he had lifted all pandemic restrictions, and he was saying he the mask mandates he was going to take away. And I sent something in the group chats, just like mindlessly along the lines of like, "This is great! Like I can't wait till this is what we're all doing." And then you kind of checked me a little bit. <laughs> you were like, uh, "Could you could you explain what you said first of all?" Yeah, so I was just kind of talking about how um, in Texas, me. And most everybody I know knows someone that was lost to COVID. Um, like it, it might not be someone directly in your family. Um, I've been blessed in that way that I've been able to avoid it directly with my family. But like, uh, I guess one big figure for me is uh, there was a coach of a youth track team in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. He's kind of a big deal. Um, helped a lot of kids, right? And he passed away from COVID, and that kind of hurt a lot of people. Um, and it's just like everybody kind of has some stories like that. There's a couple more that I could name too, but it's just, uh, it, it's been bad down there. Um, people kind of gloss over it because it is mainly older people, but it's still older people lost a little too soon. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a, a very important thing to note is that the weird, the very weird thing about COVID is that it has hit everyone, but it's affected some people very like Many, what's that word? In a very small way. I was about to see. I was about to try to be a princess here. It's a big <laughs> word. Forget that. No need to use SAT words. It's affected some people in a much smaller way than other people. Mm-hmm. And so the way that I approach these things, because and I just I completely see where you're coming from. It's like mm-hmm. I've also I've been very blessed. Like I don't know anyone or even know anyone who knows anyone. I guess you you're probably the first one now since we're having this conversation. Who has even lost anyone from COVID? Mm-hmm. And so the way that I've I've been looking at things is like I, I obviously I understand the severity of the issue, but when it doesn't even hit you close to home, you never sort of realize. So then you make the little jokes, you're like, oh, let's open up. We should be more like Florida. So I think it that is something very important for everyone to notice that you never you never know how it's affected the person next to you. So then when I say things like that, I come across sound like an asshole. Now I should probably try to... No, it's true. It's true. It's true. And it, it is what it is. And that's why, I mean, you're my friend. You're able yeah. to tell me things like that and sort of check me in that way. So, I mean, that's that's a good thing to just sort of put out there is that 
this has affected everyone in such different ways. Word. So you need to, it's it's fair to understand when a, some people are a lot more serious about it and mm-hmm. are as willing to joke about things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just wanted to, to note that real quick. And that'll actually help us transition into the next thing that I wanted to talk about, talk about with you, which is <clears throat> um, on-campus discipline so far. Mm-hmm. So we've... We had last week or uh, earlier this week, there was an email sent out, not an email, it was a, a Princetonian article just about disciplinary action and the social contract violations. So real quick, uh, what is your, do you think there's been over, over or under 50 uh, social contract violations so far? I mean, like, I haven't known anybody that's gotten into it and I know a lot of people, so I'm going to, I think under especially with how well we've been doing on campus i think fair enough well i'm gonna read the the title of this article for you and it says 55 students face disciplinary action for social contract violations according to otis report and eight students have been barred from campus for the remainder of the semester yeah so uh do those do those numbers surprise you at all i mean yeah that's like 10 people a week getting in trouble and that's like like a little over person a week getting sent home yeah that's that's some that's a higher rate than i kind of expected yeah and it says that this this covers september 1st 2020 to february 26 2021 and that they're going to try to release these monthly to kind of keep us updated on Uh, on the amount of people who are getting sent home okay but just so far what what have your thoughts been on the level of, of restrictions the fact that we're only allowed to have two people who aren't in the dorm in your room mm-hmm. um you're not supposed to gather outside we just what are your what are your thoughts on all that i mean a lot of it like i feel like princeton's arms twisted in a way on mm-hmm. some of the stuff because of like new jersey state regulations and the image they have to uphold you know they got to be at the forefront of doing the right thing leaders of humanity all that kind of mumbo jumbo they love. <laughs> yeah. uh, but at the same time, like certain things, I feel like they scrutinize more specifically than they should. Like as far as the outdoor gatherings thing, like the language on that's really flimsy. Like what actually constitutes an outdoor gathering? What's really unsafe versus not unsafe? Um, like what are the conditions for things to be uh, scrutinized for? And then two, um, just as far as like on campus policing of like disciplinary infractions and things like that like how do they know there's more than two people in your room you know how they know i mean <laughs> besides besides the people that have obviously been reporting on it but even they in those cases kind of like how do they know um but like it's like it's like this kind of like uh two-sided coin for me because like one part of me is like they're doing the right thing they're trying to make sure everything is safe as possible you know they've done enough they're just kind of bringing us back and giving us the opportunity to get together at all but the other part of me is like dude like everyone on campus is getting tested twice a week like um the main thing that's actually been protecting us uh more than anything is the contact tracing yeah um and i feel like they could be a little looser as far as what we do with each other on campus, like the other people within that testing protocol. Like I get if they get mad because you're bringing off-campus guests or going and doing wild stuff off campus, but like if it's with other people that are in the same testing protocol, I feel like they could be a little looser on it, especially because they can catch it so fast and isolate those that need to isolate. So Exactly. And it, like you said, it sort of creates, creates a sort of bubble where you would expect that everyone within that bubble has is negative but it's also it's interesting so i work at uh dylan gym which is the like on-campus facility for students to use like basketball courts weight rooms all that good stuff Mm -hmm. and so at the start of the school year the capacity was i think like 30 it was 15 people in like the downstairs uh area where there's like benches squat racks all that type of stuff and it was uh, i think like 25 on the main gym floor and over the first like three weeks those numbers have been increased because they're adjusting to see that, oh, these rules that we came in really strictly with, mm-hmm. we don't actually need to be as strict because we're seeing that people are staying safe, there aren't as many cases, and so we're able to like loosen the restrictions a little bit. So it would just, in my opinion, it would be nice to see the university at, first of all, I love Dylan, best job on campus, <laughs> my boss is all fantastic, they're the best, it would be great to see the university act like Dylan is acting, and just loosen the reins a little bit, mm-hmm. and then if it ever gets to the point that maybe we needed to tighten th- tighten back down on things mm-hmm. i think then it would be appropriate but uh, there's there's no there's no reason that 
I think flexibility should be the 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 one trait that everyone is willing to adopt this semester, in my opinion. And so far, it hasn't seemed like <clears throat> the university has shown any sort of flexibility towards the social contract, mm-hmm. which is not the best to see. But hey, what you gonna do? Uh, I mean, kind of reminds me. You check the COVID dashboard, and you'll see like no new cases over the past couple of days. And there's a wait, wait, wait. There's a dashboard. There's a dashboard. What? What is, what is a dashboard? So there's a COVID dashboard, right? And it keeps track of like uh, any positive cases over like the day previous um, and just like collectively over the previous week and just like total case counts, positivity rates, all that kind of stuff. So you can kind of keep up with that. And I'll go check the page and I'll see no positive cases over the net last couple of days and it'll still say like campus uh, safety level moderate. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I think this is the best I could ask, especially being from Texas. Yeah. <laughs> here that I'm so. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, hopefully, you know, maybe President Icegrubers, he's a fan of go with the flow. Maybe he's listening right now, <laughs> thinking. Also, first, I mean, I was talking about this was. Oh no, I talked about this last last episode, but I would love to get that man on here, just to, like chop it up <laughs> about whatever you know, football, sport, whatever he's into, yeah. not like grill him about being the president because not the easiest job to have so it is what it is but then also um on the first episode with Jelani we kind of predicted that it would be freshmen who would be the first ones to get kicked off campus and probably the ones to get kicked off campus the most do you think that those eight out of those eight people who have been I mean they didn't reveal these numbers specifically but out of those eight how many would you say are freshmen I'm guessing at least half if I was gonna just like wager I'd guess at least four of them are freshmen and honestly, I guess they're freshmen that were snitched on by other freshmen. I, I think that's how that probably happened. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, though, I, no, that's an interesting one. I don't think it would be freshmen snitching on other freshmen because they're all in that same boat of really trying to meet new people. It's actually kind of sad. I was with yeah. one of our RCA friends, and he was talking about how this semester there's been so many instances of not just students reaching out about how lonely they are and how the fact that they've been able, haven't been able to meet anyone, but the fact that parents are also reaching out saying like, oh, my kid is really lonely, that sort of thing. So I don't know. I would hope other freshmen aren't hitting on other freshmen trying to make friends <laughs> and socialize. So I'm thinking it must be the like sophomore. I, my my aim is if I have to predict, most of ca- most of the cases are sophomores mm-hmm. and on freshmen. I have no basis behind that, but that's just the way I feel. <laughs> Word. I mean, you know, that could be accurate prediction. Uh, you get a little more comfortable when you're here. You know, you have your group of friends already. You can pick your two that you want in your room at a time. But yeah. For them, it's a little more complicated than that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, who knows? Hopefully, um, things get loosened. Freshmen are able to meet more people because I still feel really bad for them. Uh, my next guest, I don't know who it is yet. I need a freshman on here. I need to, <laughs> I need to get into their mind. I need to understand what this year has been like for them. So, I've been calling freshmen endangered species. They're... They're on the bridge going going out. I just feel like they're not even getting socialized correctly to like understand what Princeton's like. like Which is was, why they're endangered. <laughs> I, I was talking to some freshmen the other day. I just like was thinking about it. I was like, what do y'all call Wukok's Hall? Uh-huh. And they said like, oh, we call it, I just say like the first dining hall. That is like, so sad. And I, that, like, it just confuses me. Yeah. Like they would say that and I, I don't know. My ears don't perk up. I don't know what they're talking about. They don't know the language yet. And it's, it's kind of a weird thing because... I don't know. The other day, I, not even the other day, it was like one of the, it was like second, third week, I was with one of my friends, and she introduced me to one of her freshman teammates, and then she asked us to show her where Frist was, and I was like, what the, what you mean you don't know where Frist is? And for everyone, like, Frist is the main campus, uh, it's like the campus center, it's like the mm-hmm. hub of campus, you get your ma- mail there, uh, you just go like hang out, play, in regular times, like play ping pong, there's late meal, everyone hangs out there, and she was like, a few weeks in, didn't know where Frist was, I was like, this is the saddest thing ever, but it is... Just kind of a, a result of this year. We're kind of transitioning forward a little bit. Um, this episode is going to drop the first day of spring break. Mm-hmm. So, happy spring break, everyone, if you're listening on this day. But what are your thoughts on the fact that we have an extent, basically just a glorified extended weekend, and that's being called our spring break? How does that make you feel? I mean, the whole way that they've been dealing with shortening these semesters because of COVID has made absolutely no sense to me, right? I don't think that the extra two days or the extra three days of spring break that they should be giving us would really make that much of a difference in overall safety. And like, if someone wanted to go home earlier, like they can. They will. That's the yeah. thing. Like they don't, they need, people have been leaving and come back and if going forward, if people want to leave and come back, they will. Yeah. So it just, for me, 
like a lot of like it's it's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense because deadlines are getting moved up for various things you know the semester is progressing so much faster and that's on top on top of like the compounding stress of this the whole pandemic and loss of all the social stuff so I, just, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand their point in cutting those three days off. I have no idea why they thought that was a good idea to just continue to crush us with more schoolwork. But Yeah, and I think, well, I want to talk about this one article about Zoom fatigue that I saw with you, so we'll talk about that next. But I don't know if any of these higher-ups, I don't even know who makes these decisions. I don't know if they understand what this semester, not the, this past, since we've been sent home, I don't know if they, they've really understood what this would all look like for any of us mm-hmm. i'm thinking that in their minds they're seeing it as just virtual school and so maybe it's a step back and it's actually a little bit easier so mm-hmm. we would potentially need more of a break but that could not be further from the truth absolutely not. not only are we all getting burnt out not as motivated as we usually are not being able to socialize as much as we usually are or usually would we we're just I don't, yeah, basically that's it. We're getting burnt out. And we need the usual week of rejuvenation to, even if it's just a week to do absolutely nothing, not even saying I got to travel somewhere or go leave Mercer County area or whatever. I mean, I'd be down for a little bit of nothing right now. Exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, I need, I need a lot of nothing. Two days of nothing is not enough. Five days mm-hmm. of nothing, that is ideal and what we should usually get. So it, yeah, these are decisions that are being made and I, think they try to mask it as being for our interests and for the interests of the community, but we are struggling out here. Right. It right. is it is rough out here. Yeah, they got me down bad, pretty bad. Every everyone you talk to, no one is enjoying their time right now. <laughs> Everyone's sort of miserable. Now that we're juniors, we got JP, seniors got thesis oh, work, freshmen don't know anyone, so they're all depressed, sophomores. I don't know about so- sophomores are always like discarded years, so whatever. That's nobody's doing great. And the fact that they thought that the way to make us all feel better is to just shorten our spring break i just don't understand where, where their minds were at with those decisions i'm studying sociology over zoom okay that doesn't even make sense it does not make sense i'm like i'm, I'm interviewing people <laughs> for my sociological study over zoom over zoom yeah it's just <laughs> yeah that, just, none, none of it makes sense and honestly we could we could just get into that right now because um there's this article that I saw the other day, and it says it was a, a Stanford research article, and it says Stanford researchers identify four causes for Zoom fatigue and their simple fixes. So this was sort of the first article or first research paper that really identified Zoom fatigue, mm-hmm. and I put that in quotations because that's a word or a phrase we've been hearing ever since we've gotten gotten on Zoom, but this is the first research paper to really identify it as a real a real thing that's going on. So, the four reasons this article says are, one, excessive amounts of close-up eye contact is highly intense. Do you agree? I mean, those breakout rooms, it's like, it's kind of hell, not gonna lie. We're just sitting there looking at each other and we're like, it, it feels mad close. Breakout rooms are the bane of my existence, bro. Some, some... I think, so it's real funny because I think we all saw this transition. When we first got sent home, I don't think any of our professors or preceptors knew how to use it. And then we came back for this year and then they're just real breakout room happy. My, for my, I'm not, for one of my classes, they put us in four breakout rooms over the course of 50 minutes. <laughs> what do we, half that time is transitioning. What is the point of that? Uh, I, they, they, they swear it's about like developing intimate contact but it's just it y'all are just stressing me out they are stressing so <laughs> they put us in the break i remember everyone just stares at each other you turn your camera off you turn your microphone off i don't know what they what they expected to come off of that but i number reason number two is seeing yourself during video chats constantly in real time is fatiguing i mean i guess i'd say so um access to barbers has been limited since coming back to campus. That is very true. We're all down um, bad. All those black men out here real down bad. Really? <laughs> and I'm a person that's pretty consistent on, like, you know, every two weeks getting a fade. That has not been happening. Not been happening. And, like, honestly, in a way, like, I look at myself on Zoom, and I'm like, how I'm trying, like, I'm trying not to present myself, but it just, like, it feels wrong. It feels, it, <laughs> like, I just feel, I feel like I look tired just because I'm not keeping up with that kind of stuff. So, I can kind of see that. Yeah, I if you see me wearing a hat or a beanie, it's cause I just there's no barbers around here. I can't get a haircut. I got my last haircut three weeks ago, 
Um, we were talking about potentially getting a haircut today, mm-hmm. but we have midterms next week. So I was saying that I want to look like I'm struggling. I don't think I should be looking. I want to look like I, I look the part. Yeah, exactly. I want to look like I feel. So I'm not going to get a haircut all next week. But right, hopefully, right. you know, maybe that'll be what I, I treat myself to for our four day spring break. I go get a haircut. Celebration. So, yeah, that, that, that'll be a little midway point celebration. Um, reason number three, video chats dramatically reduce our usual mobility. Mm, I mean, I guess I'm an animated talker. But, like, at the same time, I can do the same stuff mm-hmm. in the Zoom window. I mean, I guess, like, just the fact that, like, I'm not going anywhere to talk to people now. Yeah, I think that's what, I think that's that's the way that I read it is usually we wake up, walk however long to first class. After that class ends, you walk however long to your next class. And you do that for however many classes you have. You'll walk to the dining hall in between. And all along the way, you're going to be interacting with people in person. Mm-hmm. But now... I wake up, roll out of bed. I've been consistent in trying to work out before classes, so do that, and then it's just in my desk yeah. for the rest of the day for as yeah. many classes as I have. Yeah, I hop up, get that shower, head to the dining hall, and grab breakfast, and then it's just like, honestly, just at my desk. Because I also do a lot of work in here, too. Because um, that's what I would traditionally do. Sometimes mm-hmm. I actually try to switch it up and get out, but normally like my room is kind of the place I come back to, mm-hmm. and then I spend the rest of my time out and about. Um, and, but that's actually been kind of a detriment now because I have to be here anyways. Yeah, it's, uh, that's another transition that I haven't liked. I remember freshman year, I literally was only ever in my room to sleep. Mm-hmm. And now it's flipped where I'm, the only time I'm not in my room is like when I'm walking to the dining hall to grab food, to come back, to bring to my room mm-hmm. to eat. Mm-hmm. So the the way that everything's just sort of flipped on its head is not something that I'm a fan of. So I get, yeah, I can see that. That definitely is contributing to the Zoom fatigue. And then the last reason it says is the cognitive load is much higher in video chats. I remember talking about this in one of my uh, classes last semester. Um, we're very, like, humans are just by nature when we communicate we notice like little stuff that you don't really think about as far as communication. A lot of that just gets cut off by Zoom. Cause one, it's like digitally you can't see depth and that, that just throws your predator brain off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but two, uh, I don't know, like any like little body motions or the way someone shifts in their chair, all that stuff, all that kind of like nuance is lost. And that can be really like hard on our brains trying to work without that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. So basically, moral of the story is this is something that we need to forward to to Eyes Group. Who wait? Who sends us these? Who sends these emails? I don't even know. Like I said, I do not know who these decision makers are, and they probably do that on purpose so we don't send them mean emails. But basically, they need (laughs) yeah the board. They need to see that Zoom fatigue is a real thing that most of us are probably suffering from, and two days of spring break. Is not the way to fix it. And actually, this actually, I wanted to talk about this with you. Did you see the email that they sent us for the spring break program for on-campus and virtual, um, on-campus and virtual calendar events? I'm not. You have not. Okay, so I'm gonna just read off some of the events that they're gonna be having for us over the course of the four days, and just let me know if it's something that you're you're interested in in attending. Alrighty. First one, putt putt at Dylan Gym. I I love Dylan, so I gotta shout shout out to Dylan. You're gonna. Well, I'm not gonna. I mean, that sounds kind of gas, you know? It, yeah. I just step in the right direction. Okay, that's okay. That was fair. Okay, film screenings, virtual film screenings. Will you be attending? See, those always feel weird to me because, like, even though there's other people in the call or whatever, it's still just like you're watching a movie by yourself. Exactly. Because no one, you can't, no, you can't feel anybody else there. It's not social at all. Yeah. It's just you by yourself. Sometimes I just watch the movie. Exactly. So you will not be attending. Boom. Next one. Uh, get your sleep together. Sleep for success at Princeton and beyond. What is this? Is this a... Uh, a class to discuss to learn about and discuss the science of sleep sponsored by Princeton Athletics will you be attending this uh, these are first of all I just want to say these are the things that they expect to keep us engaged yeah. and keep us from not leaving campus and that sort of thing so just yeah, I'll just preface with that I mean just thinking about that event is kind of fixing my sleep schedule because I'm getting kind of sleepy thinking about it <laughs> yeah. uh, next one intermediate ballet never been much of a dancer yeah so not my wheelhouse. Might have to pass on that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Next one. Arts at work. Artist statement. Ri- artist statement writing workshop. I don't know what that means. That's what I'm saying. And this is just the first day, dude. And basically, my point is, these are the they have four days of events like this. 
did they expect to keep us engaged and keep us not wanting to leave campus? But like, come on. What am I? What am? What you think? You think on my day off, I'm gonna be going to the not lost art of write of what? The art of letter writing. Uh, and this is sponsored by Athletics. I'm sorry, Athletics, but this is this sounds trash. I can't even hold you. What else is there? Oh, actually, this one sounds pretty cool. Game night at Princeton Stadium. This event will feature yard games galore, and with four stations of up to ten people, friends can gather, play, and have a great time. Games include cornhole, can jam, ladder golf, and field day games. That might be the only event on there that would get me. I think fifth grade me is real excited right here. It reminds yeah. me of field day. No, that's tough. I like the, I mean, I feel like the common trend has been kind of like, we like the ones that get you somewhere together with people and y'all do something. I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess that's what we kind of been looking for. That's the thing. I don't, yeah, I don't know if any of the virtual programming will be as big of a hit, but maybe the in-person stuff could work. Putt-putt at Dillon Gym, Game Night at Princeton Stadium, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just, I don't know who's listening that could help out but do better we need we need more of a break and we need better activities to try to keep us engaged unite you know. the people bring us together that that's that's all we got that's the virtual going on that's all that's all we can really ask for but okay so kind of transitioning into athlete greg that's we, me you that's you you kind of mentioned this at the start you said you were on track uh so first question when did you commit were there any other schools you were looking at and yeah, those will, those will start us off. Yeah, so coming out of high school, especially like after my junior year, my junior year was, I guess, the first year when I really started to, I guess, run, uh, I guess, really fast, let's call it that, um, <laughs> started getting recruited. And at that point, Princeton wasn't on my radar at all. Like, I had to know what it thought of Princeton at all um, until Coach Abdullah, my coach now, mm-hmm. uh, showed up over the summer to recruit me. Um, he came over to the house, spoke to my family. Um, I really liked some of the things he had to say. He seemed like a, a good dude. So I was interested. You know, I agreed to come on a visit. Um, other schools I visited, I visited Alabama, uh, USC, and TCU. Um, my biggest decision was between USC and here. Mm-hmm. Um, TCU was also up there pretty high just because uh, so my dad went. My dad ran track there. He was in the Hall of Fame there. Oh, so he kind of like following his footsteps, yeah. you know, feeling like track royalty in a way. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so going through that process, you know, I went on my different visits, and actually, funny enough, Princeton wasn't my favorite visit. My favorite visit was USC. I can imagine how um, USC would be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, yeah, this is Southern California, not uh, South Carolina. Yeah, Southern California. Yeah. Big difference. <laughs> off, of, off of pure entertainment perspective, you know, like they took me to Venice Beach and went out to a nice restaurant, you know, I was hanging out with the team. Those, it's like one of the best uh, track teams in the country, all that stuff. So they sold me on all that type of stuff. Um, but what I kept coming back to from my Princeton visit was just, um, at one point we'd all sat down for a meeting in Frick, in like the Frick, like, uh, basement kind of lecture hall. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'd come lecture there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'd had a meeting there and, uh, just some of the guys on the team spoke to us and I just, I don't know why I just kept thinking back to like how the guys spoke and I was like, man, these guys are really bright. They're really about it. You know, um, Princeton isn't like a track school. I mean, actually, like, we're trying to shift to become one a little bit more, but like, I mean, within Ivy's standards, um, we're, we're pretty good, but at the same time, it's just like the well-rounded focus of the guys that really amazing. Like, they would, they would go to practice, they would run their asses off, you know, do all this amazing stuff, and then they would come back, and they would talk uh, so clearly, precisely about what they want to do in the future, what they want to do for other people, what they want for themselves, and that was the stuff that really impressed me. Um, that along with... Uh, Coach Abdullah, you know, um, he's almost like kind of, uh, he's like my uncle that's it. He looks out for me, not just on the track, but in general. And that kind of holistic thing, along with the fact that it's, I mean, it's just Princeton. Yeah. Um, In a way, it almost takes stress off of track because um, now I can do track because I love it, not because I have to, uh, to survive, because I feel like I have a a better fallback in that way. Also, um, I'm not on scholarship Mm -hmm. because Ivy Leagues don't give athletic scholarships. Um, in a way, that's also less stressful because then I could take my time to develop. Like, yeah. if I'd gone to like say an Alabama, an SEC school, there's a lot of pressure to win instantaneously there. And if you don't, they'll start to try to dial back, work more money out of you because they got to build the whole team. So they have to be competitive in that way. Um, here, it just I felt like I had more patience to kind of develop as a track athlete. I've been a late bloomer. 
and I've been getting a lot better as of late, and I feel like you wouldn't have seen as much from me freshman year mm-hmm. to, like, let me know that that would happen, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of how that worked out for me. Gotcha. So, so what I'm getting from that is that that your visits from Princeton really showed you that this would be the place where we would be able to be the most well-rounded individual, not just in your sport, but also outside of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. No matter how elite I get in track, right, they can only train so many hours a day. Yeah. And then the rest of the day, I'm just Greg. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not Greg. I'm <laughs> just Greg. Track, I'm, not, I'm not Greg the track athlete. Not to me, you're always Greg the track star, bro. <laughs> so I wanted, I wanted to build myself out uh, all the way as well as I could so that all 24 hours of the day, I'm the best I could be. Gotcha. And I think we we went to one of your races freshman year, and you just said that you're a late bloomer. I would not have been able to tell. <laughs> I think you won that race. I, I think so. Probably. Um, but, um, I don't know, my goals, uh, I'm pushing myself to sort of try to compete at kind of the national level and things mm. like that. Um, that's where I was in high school. That's what I'm working my way back to now is I, uh, the transition into college, you know, racing against 22, 23-year-old men. I was 18 at the time. Yeah. Um, was a little rough, but, you know, starting to work my way back into it as I catch up a little bit physically. Gotcha. And even, this is just a little sidebar, but... As a non-athlete, I think one of my favorite things about Princeton is the fact that um, because it's such a small student body and the athlete percentage are like 20%. I think, yeah, it's like 18, 20, something Something like around that. I really like the fact that you, when you're able to meet a bunch of people and have different friends involved in a bunch of different things, like I know you on the track team, friend on the lacrosse team, friend on the basketball mm-hmm. team friend on room with some football players last year. I really like the fact that I could go see my friends perform at the D1 level. Mm-hmm. That's just something that's been really cool to me as someone who's into sports. I don't think that's somewhere, that's something people get everywhere. If you go to like a in Alabama, I don't think you're able to know people oh, yeah. on a very personal level mm-hmm. on a bunch of different sports teams who you can then go out and support. So that's just a little sidebar that I think, I really do enjoy that being able to go support my friends who are competing at the at the highest level absolutely yeah because other places it's a little isolating you know they have athlete specific dorms athlete specific dining halls other types of stuff but here it's just like i'm just a student and i also run track yeah exactly and when did you when did you commit uh i think it was i didn't i waited till late it was like the the spring signing day i think i signed in a senior year my senior year. Oh, that's yeah. late, late. I talked to my friend Gabby, who is on the lacrosse team. She was the last episode. She said she committed, I think, freshman year or, like, early sophomore year. Yeah, for track, especially since track is so development-based because it's a game of, like, hundreds of a second, right? Mm-hmm. Um, most people don't sign until, like, I mean, you can commit whenever you want, but most people don't sign until, like, at least fall of this senior year. A lot of the time, spring of your senior year. Gotcha. And then also, since you obviously... So track you you ran indoor you run indoor track also so you kind of had that season a little bit last uh last school year or no mm-hmm. we got all the way through uh our conference championship okay gotcha so season. okay so walking back all the way to last March can you also just describe to me what your emotions were like during that whole period of time just as the different uh, steps of news were coming out until eventually we were all sent home and then fast forward into now where we are the only. Ivy League conference who are not are not the only, the only uh, D1 conference who are not participating in sports this year. Yeah, so hearing the decision originally last spring, you know, I mean, it, it hurt. It hurt really bad. Um, not just for me, but like for our team as a whole. Um, you know, these are the guys you've been working with all this time, especially our seniors felt um, particularly kind of bad for them because they've been working so hard all for this and then it's just kind of yanked out from under them. Um, that being said, um, I tried to turn my attention to the future as fast as possible because that was the only way to really get through it. Mm-hmm. Went home and just started just like kind of working my butt off, you know. Uh, I've, I I went through some things in training that I'd never gone through before, working just like trying to kind of get to that next level. Um, and so that's that's kind of, that's I, that was honestly my coping mechanism, right? Um, when I first got home, is was I was just work as hard as I can, you know. Everyone else is frazzled right now. Everybody else is down. Got to take advantage of this time to try to uh, get better. Um, so that loops all the way around to this fall. I obviously didn't expect to have indoor season this year, so that was fine. Um, it actually works out now the full extra year of eligibility rather mm-hmm. than just one season. But then when we got to the springtime, I came back kind of anticipating that we get to run something, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody else is running indoor right now, so it's like the worst case for an outdoor. Yeah. And so... Getting that email was 
I, I was dumbfounded. I don't, I don't, I don't know how else to word it. It was just like, it was like a shock. Um, I remember reading it and then being like, dang, dang. <laughs> <laughs> As a kid, just going outside and kind of going for a walk. I mean, like, it's crazy that I'm just losing two years of my, like, I guess, athletic youth. I wouldn't call it my prime yet, mm-hmm. but like my athletic youth to, to this pandemic because of that. Um, and it's even more frustrating now than it was last year because it's not uh, everyone. Exactly. By it. It's just us. So I'm having to watch some of my friends that I grew up running track with in high school and that kind of stuff get to continue to compete while I'm kind of on the sidelines. But again, this kind of solution, been digging my nose in, working as hard as I can because I don't know. Just trying to stay ready. Whenever the opportunity comes, I want to be able to capitalize on it. But there are times when it just does kind of hurt seeing everybody else get to chase the dreams. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's something that I, I completely understand. And that really brings me to one of the things that I wanted to talk about with you. Because we, we talked about this in our group chat already. But mm-hmm. I remember I sent you the screenshot. And it was, it was something that a parent posted. And I, I think it's the class of 2022 face, parent Facebook group chat. And there was this post, basically, the, the it's a long post, I will not be reading this entire post, but the general description of the post is that there was this mom who was under the impression that athletes were being treated a lot differently this semester, they were being allowed to go. The thing she mentions, he's like, oh, they get to go hang out off campus and off campus apartments, they get to go eat on Nassau Street. She said that they get given scooters and they get given so much gear. And she was describing how the the Princeton playbook, which is the way to approach defeating Corona, I guess, on campus, was put in sports terminology and just a bunch of nonsense. And so I remember I said this to you and you had a very strong reaction. So what would you what would you say to Jane Doe over here? <laughs> I mean, one, it just it sounds like she's just misinformed. Yeah. For the, for the for the most part. And like I don't I don't wanna get too mad at her for not knowing what she's talking about, but she doesn't know what she's talking about. Right? Yeah. Um I have a electric scooter that I use to get to and from the track because it's on like the opposite end of the campus almost. Let me just note that those are not unique to just the half yeah, it's, 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 it's And then two, I bought it with my own money. Yeah, you do not get given those. But yeah, there that was that was not a gift from the department. Um and then just like some of the other things she's saying just like don't even make sense. Um, we get to go to Nassau and eat, like... So at, do I. I was on Nassau the other day. <laughs> they're getting off-campus apartments. They, like, they just happen to be off-campus in an apartment. I don't, like, I just, I don't understand. My main, my main thing that really, like, confused me when I was reading that is I just didn't know what her goal was. Did she want them to crack down on athletes and, like, not let us practice anymore? Or did she want, like... Her, uh, I think it was her daughter she was talking about yeah, to yeah. be able to uh, participate in her club groups and things like that. And honestly, like, there are ways kind of around it that a lot of clubs could do things. And then also, I do understand the frustration that a lot of clubs have been. That is something that I will say is a definite advantage of being an athlete. They have been kind of uh, kind to us and allowing us to train together and that kind of thing um socially distance of course yeah all the safety we'll get to do a lot of extra stuff and the reservations all that kind of stuff but i mean at least for track like we're doing the same stuff that y'all get to. we just go outside and run around our own board <laughs> like y'all can make a reservation with dylan and then go to the track and do the same thing um but yeah it's been i don't know it's just kind of a frustrating thing to read because princeton the last thing I would say is a place that's biased towards our athletes. Yeah. Most of our funding comes from donations, you know what I mean? Like, that includes gear and all that kind of stuff and travel. Like, I, I don't know. Princeton Princeton is not, like, they, they look out for us to a degree. But I, I would say Princeton, being an athlete, is more like you're a student and then you have the additional responsibility of being an athlete. Mm-hmm. Then you get privileges for being an athlete. Yeah. And honestly, I, we're going to talk there's. There's some stuff you mentioned that we're going to talk about a little bit more in one of the Tiger Confessions posts. So some of that stuff I'm not going to get into now. But again, like you said, it's just a lot of misinformation out there. I some 
like the fact that little things like I think I've even spoken on this spoken on another episode about this something like going to NASA Austria I am I am struggling to find the issue people have with that and the fact that this lady says it's only the student athletes who are going to eat on NASA right. Austria and going to hang out in off campus apartments yeah how you know that, yeah, how, how you know that? <laughs> yeah. yeah some people just say anything everyone wants to be angry about something and yeah I don't I don't even know what to tell Jane over here oh yeah Jane Doe is what we're gonna call her it yeah I encourage her to bring this to someone at Princeton, Dean perhaps. This is what the parent is saying. She should. What is there to bring to the Dean? I'm so confused. I think she just wants, like, if, if we can't have fun, nobody can have fun. Nobody can have fun. Yeah, so I'll just, yeah, we will, like I said, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But also, this is just, um, not a random question, but one that, I, this is another thing that we've kind of talked about before, and this is shifting away from this last post and into, into, back to you being uh, a student athlete here at Princeton. As far as myself, I ever since I've said I was coming to Princeton, even from high school, one of the first questions that I've always gotten asked from people who, like, outside the family is, oh, congratulations, what sport are you going to go play at Princeton? And that's something I've been getting since high school, and it's something that because like us by virtue of the fact that there's so many athletes here on campus mm-hmm. even especially freshman year is when it was like the first time i would meet many people was like oh this is my name like oh so what sport do you, what, what sport do you play and that was just something that yeah i think we we've had this conversation before so i'll kind of ask you about this because we come at this from very different perspectives because you're actually an athlete on mm-hmm. campus here and i'm actually i'm not one yeah and so the way that i and i just one more little sidetrack one of the first uh when we got back to campus this semester i remember getting asked that and i was like okay we back <laughs> things are bad the world the world is riding itself a little bit so back i was like normal. oh what sport do you play i'm like ah neuroscience <laughs> <laughs> so the first question for you is is that a question that you that you get often and because you actually are on a sports team, do you think that when you get asked that question, it sort of diminishes the fact that, like you said, because you're at Princeton, the athletics don't necessarily come first. It is always school first. Well, okay. So it's been, I, I guess I could go all the way back to when I first signed and people would be like, uh, oh, I see you signed to Princeton. That's cool. You're going to run track there, yada, yada. And you could kind of hear in their tone mm-hmm. what they were trying to implicate about that, like that. They recruited me just for try. Like Ivy's don't do that. You have to be able to get into the school academically because they don't care that much about the sports. Yeah. Like the sports is a boon and definitely helps my application. I'm not gonna lie and say that that wasn't, but it was an extracurricular like any other. I yeah, think, it's not Duke basketball, Alabama football. <laughs> Absolutely not. And so um, when I'm on campus and I'm going around, people assume I'm an athlete. It's sometimes like it depends on the context, right? If I'm walking around in some jeans and some J's, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> early on, just like looking like a normal person, um, then it's a little weird. It's like, what, dog, I'm just here. I, I go to school here. Right now I'm in school mode. I'm not in athlete mode. But if I'm walking around in like some bright orange Nike running shoes with like my sweatsuit on from practice because I just got done, then like, okay, I, I, I get it. Um, honestly, either way though, I try to not let it bug me too much. Um, I just don't really like being conformed just to being an athlete. Like, especially because like, I go to Princeton, I thought like kind of the whole point is that people would understand that it's not, I'm not just a stupid athlete that just goes here. Like I go to Princeton. Like, yeah. I've, been making, I've been surviving these classes for the past three years. Obviously, I'm not just like, like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes you kind of get that from people. Like, uh-huh. I'll, I'll get in a group project or something. You can tell kind of how they look at you and how they try to talk to you that you're just... You're just the athlete in the group and not... Um, yeah, and that's the thing that... From, yeah, because, and again, like, it's very different from you, for you because you actually are an athlete, but again, like you said, you didn't get here. Be, you you wouldn't be here if you couldn't survive academically. Mm-hmm. Nobody would. But it's for me, it's, I don't know if it's worse to get it from other students or to get it from alumni or to get it just like from random people on the street. I would assume that other students would realize that 
just because you're like an athletic looking. And again, this is definitely like a black. Like I don't think every <laughs> white guy walking around is getting asked no, what no, what sport sure. he plays. And you're a little tall. You're a little tall. Yeah, exactly. Hey man, hey man, hey man, hey man, man I look good. Saying. I can't lie to you. I look good. I've been working out and stuff. I look. I look like a nice little. Yeah, you can say I look athletic. One might even dare to say that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. I don't think just because you see an athletic looking black guy you should just jump to the fact like oh he's here to play sports yeah and that is just that should just be at the forefront of your mind i just generally don't use that as like an identifier for somebody like that like they, they come in and they ask you that as though it's like that's your identity yeah um i guess this is me double back to my athlete perspective um but it's not like i mean i again i love track it is my, like i i am so passionate about it. i work so hard at it. i spend so much time on it but again, that's more to me than just that. And so that's kind of how I usually feel when they try to address me like that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's just that's just something that I wanted to bring up and talk about with you. And so if anyone is listening to this and you've ever just assumed someone was an athlete because how they look, you should probably stop. It's really annoying. <laughs> yeah, tell your friends, stop. Yeah, cut, cut that shit out. It's annoying. Um, okay. Wow, we've already done 50 minutes. This is... Okay, this has gone long. So there's some... Okay, we could cut some of that stuff out. We could also just go right to the tire compressions because I like to keep this about an hour because, you know, I'm still new into this. I don't assume anyone wants to listen to me for even more than, like, 20 minutes. So I'm not trying to have these run too long. So tire compression section, like I said, I'm going to read two posts and then we just kind of talk about it. First one is kind of related to what we're just talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, It says... I'm sorry this announcement about student groups is BS. Why can't athletes practice? Why why can athletes practice but students group not meet or have any access to their facilities? What kind of beep is this? What are your thoughts, Greg? So, again, I'm not going to lie, like it is definitely a little bit of bias um towards the athletics, but at the same time like I don't want to say that sports are more important to athletes than clubs are to club members. No, you can say that. I think, but at the I same time, it is. a third of my team isn't here right now because they're on gap year, specifically because they cannot run track. Yeah, or because they thought they might not be able to run track. Now yeah. they didn't even know yet. They just because there was a chance they were willing to just not be in school for a year yeah. just on that fact. And I feel like that is kind of reflective of like. Um, because they, I think they knew that they knew in advance. Like if we could, if we could train, there's absolutely zero chance I'd be here right now. Yeah. Like I, I, I would have got here and turned around and gone straight home, or I just wouldn't have come in the first place. Yeah. Um, it's not like a. This isn't like a thing that amplifies my college experience. It is my college experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it has to be a part of it in that way. Um, that being said, like again, it is definitely a, a little biased towards that. But at the same time, like at least for my sport specifically. We're not doing anything that anyone else can do. I guess our access to the indoor track is a little different, but we even then we're trying to be there as little as possible. Um, we have a weight room just like Dylan's, and we have a track just like everybody else. So that's kind of how it works for us. Yeah, and honestly, as as I mean, I guess student groups that would have facilities that they needed access to, maybe like a dance studio, like a dance studio. maybe like a dance group. But I think there's so most groups on campus. Actually, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. Some groups have the ability to meet in ways that. First of all, I'm just gonna say this because there was this email that, or I think it, either an email or was in the news article or something. I think it was in the disciplinary uh, uh, Princetonian article about how one of the dance groups held an art sing. And not dance group. One of the one of the acapella. That would be stupid thing for the dance groups to do. No, but one of the acapella groups held an art sing, and they got in trouble for it. And my thing was like, first of all, the fact that you would advertise it under your group name is just stupid. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna do that sort of things, if it's a collection of X Y Z, if it's a collection of Jake, Martha, and Stewart, Martha Stewart, <laughs> Jake, whoever, and whoever, and it's just a collection of individuals who happens to be under an arch singing together, can you really get in trouble? I would assume not. If you advertise it as ex acapella group saying, oh, we're going to be meeting here to hold an art sing, you will get in trouble. Yeah. So just little things like that to just not be completely stupid and try to find ways to not draw attention to yourself unnecessarily. Like I could, 
Honestly, no. I'm not, I was going to say something, but it might have been like snitching on myself, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> but as a person in a group who's not allowed to meet, there are ways for you to meet anyway. Yeah. And just work work within the rules if you can. I, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to be out here promoting breaking the social contract. So, yeah, work within the rules, and you can find ways to meet. So, unless you're, even if you're a dance group, I don't know, go, go, uh, go to the, to the, Go and frisk and just dance. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, for us, like, even before we actually got approved for the facility and stuff when we first got back to camp, because we didn't get to train right off rip mm-hmm. officially. We would just, like, get together in small groups and we would just find somewhere. You know what I'm saying? It could just be a field or something. We would, because, like, for me, it's like, like, that's how much it matters to me. It's not like a, if the social contract allows it, I would love to do this. It's like, I have to do this. Exactly. Like, and I think that, um, I think what you mentioned is a big difference. Yeah. I don't know if these people actually want to do what they say they want to do that bad. Like if I, if, if, if like if, if I was in this situation where I can't do it, like I said, I would just, I, I'd be at home. Yeah. I'd just leave. Yeah. There's no chance I would sacrifice that for that. So. Yeah. So basically in, in conclusion for this one post, there's you, you need to not be too confined, I will say. Mm-hmm. And just because there's certain rules, there there's ways to work within the rules no matter how strict they are. Mm-hmm. And just be a little smarter about what you do and you should be okay, I think. So yeah, that is uh, Tired Confession number one. And the second one says, uh, about a completely different subject matter, why am I like this? Exclamation mark. I have friends here, I think, but I think about texting them to hang out and my brain just shuts down out of sheer terror and then I get lonely and depressed because I feel like I don't have friends, but I do, but I am in this big war with myself, so I'm prevented from actually accessing them. Thoughts, Greg? That's a, that is an intense personal struggle um, and something that, like, I mean, everybody has moments with. I mean, I've, I can't say that I have had it myself, you know. There's definitely been some days where I've been a little lonelier than I had to, um, because of, uh, because I honestly, for me in a way, I feel like isolation's almost become a habit mm-hmm. and I can kind of feel that emanating from that post as well. Um, if you're not really like consistently testing the test, like say it's like a bungee cord, if you're not testing, consistently testing the cord, it might get uh, dry and snap. Right? Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of almost how they feel. Like they haven't really been doing these things with their friends and seeing it and they, you don't get that reaffirmation that y'all are still connected in that way. And so you can feel almost kind of burdensome, especially when there's no casual like happenings on it. You have to put in so much effort to, uh, to, to meet with people um, with all the school stuff going on. And just like overall, like I feel like just like depression has really got a lot of people trapped because when you don't have that energy to go out like that like this is the situation where you are really just stuck by yourself so uh i i sympathize a lot with this person for this person um i uh ali i want you to say just reach out to me i'd be down to talk to him because like it's just like it, it, it is a really tough case it's a really tough situation yeah and yeah i agree with a lot of the things that you said this is definitely something that everyone i think especially over this last year has experienced at some point um there's, cause like you said, we aren't having those the casual happenstance meetings with people that occur when you just walk around on a daily basis. When you're mm-hmm. going to class, hanging out at your eating club, doing whatever, where you would be bumping into so many more people on a daily basis, and that would force you to interact and maybe set up a future meeting in that chance meeting. Mm-hmm. With the way things are set up this year, every interaction for the most part has to be deliberate Mm -hmm. and it gets to the point where it's exhausting it's first of all yeah it is exhausting but then also after say you haven't had contact with someone for so long even if they're like you're friends with that person you might start to feel like the relationship or the Mm -hmm. friendship isn't as strong as it is although that might actually be the case and the person might actually be wanting to reach out to you also i know that definitely happens with me there's people who who Definitely pre-pandemic, we were we're cool. We see each other all the time. We say what's mm-hmm. up. Um, we might not text as much over the course of the pandemic, and then we get back, and I'm not sure where I stand with the person. So then I'm like, oh, okay, maybe it's best if I don't reach out because I don't know how they feel about me. 
when in reality I'm probably making all that up in my head yeah. and if I reached out we would hang out and it would be just like back to old times so I, that's definitely something that every single one of us is a victim of and even now, even now that I'm saying this that just makes me want to go reach out to some people and just mm-hmm. catch up because like you said everything has to be very deliberate so I would just say this is something that everybody experiences and don't be afraid to reach out to your friends because for th- it sounds like these people are your friends they're not just like strangers that you're just trying to hang out with they are your friends. They are probably feeling the exact same way. And each, I find this happening all the time. It's just like one person is waiting for the other to reach out. Mm-hmm. So whoever does it first, it will just lead to whatever sort of sort of uh, connection that you're looking to happen. So, yeah, don't don't be afraid to reach out. I really like the way you articulated that because, like, I guess that, that's a really good way to word it. It's like um, you get kind of like if you haven't seen them in so long, you get like almost like afraid to make that leap. It feels like a leap. Mm-hmm. rather than a step like it normally would so yeah yeah so honestly that i think we just literally hit an hour right there this was great episode uh greg thank you thank you for coming on thank you for being a guest man thank you for having me i'm just i had a lot of fun or you have any any final thoughts final words about anything before we we wrap this up uh Make sure y'all love yourself, you know what I'm saying, and love other people. Um, I feel like that's a good way to carry yourself and live your life. That was very well said. I'm not going to say anything after that. <laughs> this has been episode number, is it, I forget, is it six or seven or five? Whatever. This is another, <laughs> This has been another episode of Go With The Flow. Um, if you're still listening, an hour and 42 minutes in, I love you. Uh, and thank you for listening and have a wonderful spring break. <laughs>